Welcome to the Black Mind Garden, the podcast that helps you remap your mind and retrain your brain and be more flexible and fluent in your life. This podcast is about planting new seeds that help you remap your mind so that you can master your inner voice, expand your listening and communication, and produce unimaginable results in your life. I am your host, Dr. Maisha. Hey, have you ever thought about learning NLP or hypnosis or even being a coach? Even if you simply learn the skills of coaching, it could come in handy everywhere and in every area of your life. Our mind remapping NLP coach training will give you mastery over language, helping you to improve your confidence, communication, coaching, and leadership. So if you're committed to removing unconscious blocks so you can consciously elevate your performance in every area of life, join our next training. Schedule and training interest call at remapmymind.today. That's remapmymind.today. All right. So I'm uh, Dr. Maisha, founder of the Mind Remapping Academy, and um, I hope everyone's had a good start to their week. Um, last week, I talked about in the last um, episode that we did, we talked about communication and how everything is communication and specifically how we often miss parts of communication because only 7% of communication is represented in our words. And so we talked about how, you know, the 93% of language that we're often missing is in our tone of voice and our facial expressions and our body language. And I, and I just gave some, some tips around now going back into life and noticing and being observant of people's communication beyond the words. Now, just because communication uh, is uh, words are only 7% of our communication, it doesn't negate the importance of how we utilize and how we listen to the words that, um, that we're speaking and that others are speaking. It's actually very important because a lot of, even in that 7%, uh, there is a lot that gets missed. And I talk about this a lot when I do trainings. Um, I I talked about it in my TEDx talk. The reason that happens is because we are managing so much information on a second by second basis, 11 million bits of information per second to be exact, that our brain has to do some work to filter that out. And it it has to chunk it uh, into these chunks. And some people have big chunks and some people have smaller chunks but it has to chunk it into information so that our brain can actually handle and sort through all that information. And so what that, what that ends up doing is it causes us to filter the, the words, filter the, through, through our, our past experience, uh, through our language, through our environment, through our memories, our values, our beliefs. It fil- we filter all of that information and we miss things. However, the other part of that is it, it also filters our speaking. And because some people operate when they when they sort information, when they're filtering information, they're filtering it into big chunks and some people are filtering it into smaller chunks, people speak that way. So when you're speaking and when other people are speaking to you, they're often leaving out important information and sometimes making associations that are inaccurate 
untrue or not based on evidence. And sometimes they're overgeneralizing. And so those are the three things that I want to sort of talk about um, briefly of why there are so many missed communications in that 7%. So we talked about last time, but you know, we, we've already talked about why we missed the 93%, right? Because we're not even looking for it. We're not even aware of it oftentimes. Uh, we're, we're unconscious of that. And then when you start to actually be conscious of it, you start to see things like as you're speaking, you see people's like facial expressions and their reactions and their body language change. And you begin to see that and you're like, oh, there's more of the communication or as you're communication, communicating and you are noticing the muscles in your face moving, you're noticing your own body language as you lean in and lean out and doing all of those types of things, then you're noticing in yourself, oh, this is how I communicate. Now, the words themselves, if you are a person who tends to um, like the big picture of things, you're a person who, when you're presented with an opportunity, with a project, with information in general, you not like to to know the big picture. It often sounds like, what's the point of all this? Why? why? What is the point? What is the purpose of all this? Then it's possible that when you're speaking, you may speak more generally. You may speak in what we call higher chunk um, and you may generalize things, tend to generalize things more and leave out details. If you're a person who um, has had, uh, who likes detailed details, you actually may speak a lot of details and there, there's the possibility of assigning meaning. And everyone, I think, does this to an extent. And we have to just be mindful of what we're assigning meaning to, assigning meaning to things that don't necessarily equal. So for example, just a very high level example is when someone looks at you a certain way, Uh, let's say uh, a person smiles at you and that person smiling at you means that they like you. I mean, that's, that's just an association that we make. And sometimes that's true. And sometimes it's not true. Right. Um, The thing about that is we make these kinds of associations with things that people say to us all the time or don't say. And we speak in these types of generalizations and deletions as well, and these types of associations as well. The other thing we tend to do is we tend to speak in cause and effect. So this happens and that means that this is going to happen. Now, how does this relate to the missed communication? Because we speak in these equivalents and these cause and effects and these generalizations, but it's not obvious to the person listening to us that we're making these associations. We just say what we say. And it's not obvious to the other person listening that we're making these associations in our head. And so they're receiving information through the filters that they listen through. And a whole manner of communication can get missed, all right? So um, an example of that um, may be, you know, when, you know, I talk a lot about my son, right? I asked him, I think I may have asked him to take out the trash. And this is a very simple example, but this is how it starts. I I may have asked him to to take out the trash. And that's a very general thing to do. Um, But understood inside of that was 
uh, get all the trash bags from the top floor, get the trash bags from the bottom um, floor, from the bathroom, the guest bathroom, put those trash cans into the big trash can, then take those trash cans out, take it downstairs, roll it out to the curb. I didn't say all of that, right? And perhaps now my son understands that that's what there is to do. However, when I first said that to him, he just thought, take the trash bags out and take them to the curb or take them to the the bin, not even take them to the curb, take them to the bin. I I needed to be more specific. And when, when I went downstairs or and I noticed that the bins were by the house, I was like, well, why didn't you take the bins out to the curb? He said, well, you didn't tell me to do that. That was deleted information as I was speaking. And in my mind, I had generalized taking out the trash to get all the bags from the top, get the bags from the bottom, put, put them in the, the big main trash bag, take the trash to the bin, take the bin to the curb. Like to me, that's taking out the trash. So that's a very simple example of how I deleted a whole bunch of steps, deleted a whole bunch of information and then expected that he would know that, right? And that he says to me, well, how do you, and he's seen me do it a number of times. So I'm, I'm sort of like, oh yeah, he knows the drill. And yet, because I wasn't specific enough how specifically do I take out the trash, right? What specifically is involved in taking out the trash? Because I wasn't specific enough, then he missed some steps. This can happen all the time, you know, in mundane, not mundane, uh, day-to-day relationships, day-to-day relationships, speaking between you and your child, you and your spouse, you and friends. Um, Or this can be more, it could have bigger consequences when you're on a team and you're uh, giving assignments and sometimes you give the general assignment, but you don't give the details, right? So it's important for us to understand that when we speak to people, even in general conversation, we're always um, speaking through our own filters because we're listening through our own filters. We're speaking through our own filters. And in speaking through our own filters, sometimes we're leaving out information. And then, of course, the person listening is leaving is is deleting information. And therefore, we can have these miscommunications. So what do we do about that? What do we what do we how do we begin to to get at clarify what people are saying? Well, you just ask. You just ask. You might not assume, like, for example, if um, my son Okay, I'm going to go back to him because, you know, for those of you who don't know, I'm a <laughs> I'm a single mom, so he's the person I talk to the most. <laughs> so that's a lot of why I utilize him. Um and I have, you know, his permission to utilize these stories. And so my son might say something like, um, you made me mad. Now that's a very general statement. And it's remember I talked about cause and effect. So you made me mad. So then for for me to really get at the root of what's going on with my son and conscious be like in that conscious parenting way, I might ask, how specifically did I make you mad? And then it'll come out whatever the scenario was that happened and then we can discuss it, right? Or (laughs) if he's telling me about something and I'm not immediately responding. Maybe I'm doing something else. I'm cooking. I'm in the moment. And he says, you know, says something to me. And he, and then I don't respond. He says, you must not care about what I'm saying. And then I have to just break attention for a moment and say, that's not the case. I'm, <laughs> you know, doing something. And then later say, well, 
How does that mean? How does me not responding right away mean that I don't care about you? And then we can discuss that, right? So this is just a simple conversation between me and my son, but you could probably hear in that you can map it onto your own life because I'm always going to use real life examples. You could map that onto your own life. Like when have you, uh, someone done or said something and you said, that must mean this, that must mean you don't care. Or that must mean you're mad at me. Right. I used to, I, I, my son, you know, called me and I answered with a particular tone of voice and he asked me, are you mad at me? And I was like, no, I was just like deep in thought. And I answered a particular way in that particular tone. He made an assumption. We're always making assumptions based on language. So, and he made the assumption not based on what I said, but how I said it. Remember, there's the 93%. So we want to be mindful as we're speaking um, and as we're listening to other people speak that other people are always leaving out information. They're making assumptions about what we say based on their own filters. And we might be making assumptions about what we about what other people are saying based on filters, but with, with the assumptions that people are making, they'll speak them out. And if you can catch them, if you can, especially if it's an intimate conversation, a personal conversation between you and a friend or a spouse or a child, you could actually resolve conflict much easier when you can catch those deletions. You can catch those generalizations like, uh, oh, <laughs> here's one. You never let me do what I want to do. So that's sort of like a generalization, right? And so when we begin to catch those things, always and never represent generalizations, um, that means this, or you make me, those are cause and effect and and, and, um, what we call equivalence, that when we catch those, we can actually get to to the structure of how people came to believe the thing that they're saying. And that is the bottom line. The work that I do with communication, with neuro-linguistic programming specifically, is about the process of our thinking. And a lot of times people will make associations, cause and effect or equivalence or generalizations. They'll make these associations. And um, it's not the content that matters. It's What is the process by which they came to believe or think that thing? Because when we can listen for these things, if we can discover what is the process by which they came to believe that, then we begin to have a dialogue about how true or false that assumption is and that belief or value is that's underneath that. And when we can begin to, you know, remember I talk about these filters and we begin to manipulate a little bit these filters that... Um, distort our our thinking, then we can actually um, begin to communicate more effectively with each other, and that's the the bottom line. Because because everything is communication, everything happens inside of communication, verbal and nonverbal. That means most conflicts, most things can be created and resolved inside of communication. And people think, you know, there are some people out there that think that communication is not that important and that learning to communicate better is not that important. And I'm here to tell you that horse gets started, marriages end, um, people fight, you know, people die because of miscommunications. And then relationships begin 
new ideas get created. Um, you know, love and intimacy is deepened because of effective communication. So that is the work that I teach, tools of how to um, get at the deeper structure of communication, the communication we have with ourselves, because that's so important, right? It's just as important as the communication we have with others. In fact, the communication that goes on in our heads, our self-talk, that's a lot of what drives the communication with others. And when we can learn how to Number one, manipulate our own filters. Number two, listen for the filters in others. Then we can begin to um, we can begin to more effectively interact with each other. And that's like on an individual level, on a group level, on a team level, any area of life you name it. As a physician to patient, as a you know therapist to patient, as a a CEO to team member to manager to whatever. When you begin to really understand the structure of language and how the brain works and how the the language uh, spoken and and unspoken, conscious and unconscious impacts your day-to-day existence, that's when you become a master at communicating one-to-one and one-to-many. So with that being said, that's... Uh, what I really what I wanted to talk to you about is, is this structure of miscommunication and the importance of learning the structure and getting the deeper structure. And otherwise, have a great rest of the week and I will see you um, on the next episode. Namaste. Hey, thanks for listening. Remember, I want you to apply these principles in your life every day. But also, I want you to share this podcast with others in your life who you think it could help, a friend, a colleague, or family member. And remember, go hit the subscribe button so you will know when our next episode is released. Finally, I'd really appreciate if you did me a favor and left a review. It really lets others know that this podcast can make a difference in their life as well. See you on the next episode.